Mike, a pop culture podcast. We're talking portrait of a lady on fire or portrait de la jeune fille. Yes. I um, don't think I got any of that right. But. We're, uh, yeah, we're talking this movie and we are very glad to be here because we've been waiting for this one for a little while. This one has been hyped up. Um, French film, not the biggest, I would say, uh, kind of popular build as something like Parasite. Well, but still like critically acclaimed. And I'm Skimbleshanks, the Broadway cat. <sighs> Welcome, everybody. I am Hunter. And I'm Ernest. Well, so you, it's funny you brought that up because this is also neon production, much yeah. like Parasite. And they um, decided to not push it for 2019, even though it technically is a 2019 film. I do... I am curious, which we can get into it more, I guess, now. Um, do you think that they should have shelved this and released it in 2020? And if so, would it have had a shot at Oscar love in the same way Parasite did? It's not enough to overtake Parasite, but it gives it a fucking run for its money. Uh, it would... I'm not... It's it's extremely rare that any movie gets Oscar love that Parasite got. Like, that amount. Well, not not that amount. That's what I'm saying. But... It, what, should they have shelved it? Yes, because this movie deserves multiple Oscars. Yeah. It, it Just objectively, it is one of the best movies of last year. I wish... Part of me is, thinks I'm just going to put it on my 2020 list and say, me too. fuck everybody. I, too, God, yeah. I put it on my 2019 Because list. you saw it in 2019. In yeah, like a, like a fucking <laughs> floratorium. <laughs> um, no, this movie is, I mean, it's, you're right. I think that aside from just, and it's kind of incredible that, Fran, that France didn't submit this as its pick for uh, international film. Instead, they picked Les Miserables, yeah. which is baffling to me. I have not seen Les Miserables, but it's hard to think that Les Miserables is better than this movie because this movie is just absolutely incredible. They could um, they could push it for next year's Oscars. Uh, they can't because it was actually it was released in New York and LA in 2019. Damn. Okay. So it, it is officially it's out of awards contention. It's starting to go. Semi-wide this week. We'll have to be pretty light in what exactly. I mean, it's hard to really spoil this movie. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's let's do a little bit of table setting here because, because I, I this feel movie like isn't out for a lot of people yet. It's slowly rolling yeah. out, but I I I think that for the most part, the masses don't know this film. And if you're tuning into the show and you want to find out if you should check this movie out or not, you already you already have, and the answer is yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Please. go see this movie, but if you don't know, it's 
the story of a woman painter who has to paint another woman without having her sit for a portrait. She has to just look at her in, and remember her. In old France. Yeah, 18th century France. And that's all I'm going to give you. That's all we should give the listener if they haven't seen it. Because that's kind of all I knew about the movie. And I feel like this is, much like Parasite, which we've already brought up, is the best way to experience this film. You don't really want to know any other details um, other than that it's great. It's fucking amazing. It's borderline perfection. Like, there is very little I can think yeah, of that, not a lot that doesn't work in this life. movie. It looks <laughs> incredible. It's beautifully acted with two of the best performances I have seen I, in yeah. my life. <laughs> Just about ever. How are they not? I mean, it's hard, especially, I mean, we say this Parasite just won Best Picture, but especially for foreign actors to be nominated right. at the Oscars is kind of unimaginable. But I think that both of them are, like, two of the best female performances. Like, I'm sorry, we can kick out two of the leading women from last year uh, to make space for... They both Naomi are leading. Relant and Adele Hanel, who Adele Hanel is actually, like, a household name in France. She's a huge actress over there. Um, but I think, I mean, it really centers around the two of them. This is a film that is not only... I think that there is one male speaking line in the entire movie, uh... So the movie is almost entirely women. The production team and director and writer of the crew, uh, Celine Siama and the rest of the crew, are almost all women. And this movie is a miracle, and it is a masterpiece. Yeah, I put it's it a masterpiece. At, yeah. I put it at number seven on my list, and I've been kicking myself since then because I saw this movie for a second time in the theater here in Orlando, and I'm like, I... Yeah. What am I taking away from this movie? No, yeah, what is there? Because if I'm doing, like, if I'm putting it on last year's list, it's top five, no doubt. Um, do we know how to say Nome Merlent? Like, is is there... Naomi. It's Naomi? I've just been saying Naomi Merlent. All right, well... I might be completely wrong I'll, on that, and I'm very sorry, Miss Let's Let's call her Emma Wasson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Marianne is her. <laughs> Marianne uh, and Eloise so are the two leads. I... A lot of credit goes to her, obviously. Like you said, she... I would be over the moon if she got any sort of nominations for this. Um, but also, the script deserves a lot of love for this movie because uh, movies like this that are extremely artful and cinematic and filled with silence, uh, often the script is overlooked in what makes it brilliant. And yeah. there are so many little bon mots in this that so poetically sum up emotions and, and feelings and romance and love. Uh, I lost count. But you know? it, it's in a way that I feel like feel it's unique. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever yeah, seen. It's, it's, it's beautiful and gorgeous. And the other big shout out for the script is that this Naomi Merlot, this character so many times when we get a lead character that is thrust into a difficult situation in a setting they're not familiar with, that character is a fucking brick wall. They're yeah. cardboard. And this is a dimensional character. This is She is she's very smart. Uh, she has agency in the story. She makes choices. She feels things. Uh, this is not just a surrogate character. But she also lets Adele Hanel 
be the more expressive performer. Yeah. You don't have... You still kind of have the brick wall approach-ish, but it's in a way that doesn't uh it doesn't feel like a brick wall it's it feels like a stoic serious thing that it contrasts with the much more vibrant expressive performance on the other end so i mean one of the many metaphors that this movie has going for it is this painter subject yeah. uh, affectation to it and the way that that gets flipped on itself um there's moments in which our lead um is able to pinpoint certain things about the subject, Eloise, about like certain things, certain minute uh, micromannerisms that they'll have, where whenever you're nervous, you bite your lip. Um, I'm blanking on all of them, but there's all these kind of different things that she does that express kind of uh, whatever emotion she is feeling. Um, and the way that that gets flipped in which Eloise... Uh, is able to see Marianne and, uh, like, able to pinpoint the things about her to pick apart her emotions and the way that that leaves her completely vulnerable in a way that she is not used to because she is the parent. She's used to being the one who does the analyzing. She is the one who is able to read the subject and to pick apart them and to be able to draw them in a way that is authentic. She's not used to having it flipped around back on her. Yeah. And the way that it is done this movie, I think that the script and the direction of this movie work so beautifully hand-in-hand together that it is one of the best writing-directing jobs that I've seen in yeah, many years. It's, it's pretty fucking nuts. Like, the whole the entirety of the movie is nuts. The incredibly rich subtext, and it becomes just plain text about uh, art and the, the role that it plays in memory, uh, it's, it's fucking gorgeous. And it's not even the primary focus of the movie until the very uh, end of it. And that's not even giving much away because uh, it sounds... That is a concept that could be handled in a very... In, like, a, a way that's too delicate, I think. Like, there's a way to do that where you really are feeling yourself and uh, you're, like, you know, you're you're wrapped up in how heady that idea is. And the thing that surprised me so much about this movie is the accessibility of these themes once you are so wrapped up in the story of it. It's not... And when I say accessibility, I'm not talking about, like, like blockbuster accessibility. What I'm talking about uh, relaying a message in a way that very straightforwardly gets it across, but also through implicit action, not through telling you. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's a tightrope walk. The entire movie is, is walking on this thin line between implicit and explicit. And it's also, like I just said earlier, it's also in a way that feels so unlike any other movie I've seen before. I feel like, uh, I mean... I do come from mostly an American Hollywood perspective here, uh, but it seems like movies, for the most part, they try to really put on blast the sensual overtness of love and relationships, right? Like, they want to tantalize you. Titanic, she literally splays herself, paint me like your French girls, Jack, like, really, and then they get heated, steamy, in that car 
Like, it's pretty on the nose they're in love. And in Wait, this movie... Really? <laughs> and in this movie, it presents it in a way that's so much more, like, subdued and minimalistic to an extent, although the movie is very expressive. Yeah. In other ways, in, in its color and its set design and all these other things, but as far as, like, the characterization of these two women goes, their love is is in these looks. Yeah. It's in the 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 details, the background, the silences. Like, yeah, it's implicit it's not but it's so but it's it's also explicit because mm -hmm. they're not it's not hidden from us what's going on, but also it's not shoved in our fucking exactly. face. It's it's on the line. There's no like yeah. big sex steamy titties in your face, right? Wow. It's it, it's a that. horny movie. It's a horny it's movie. Super Let's horny. get this out of the way now. This is the horniest movie I've seen in a long time. <laughs> but <laughs> Uncut Jim's got me pretty rock hard. But Just seeing Kevin Garnett carrying that yeah. rock around, Sandler hiding in the closet. <laughs> oh god, and that gets me. But very implicit. <laughs> it's not like there's one thing the Safties are. It's implicit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call. <laughs> This movie doesn't make it like, let's put sex and sensual overtness over the audience's eyeballs. It's more about, let's bring out the emotion in these moments, in these beats. Let's really let these actors cook and sizzle. Let's present romantic, sensual sparks in a way that we haven't really seen before. In a way that hasn't been... That we haven't been trained to yeah. see. Well, I, another thing that I think working for that is that, like you said before, like that this isn't a Hollywood production. This movie wouldn't work if it was an American film. And I do want to say, like, one thing before I forget. One of the other many reasons why I think 2019 was the best movie year of last decade is because not only were these great American movies, but we had arguably three, four, I haven't seen Ashes Pierce White yet, which I've also heard is an amazing movie that came out last year, but um, four, at least three movies in the top 12 of our respective list, top 11 or 12, including The Farewell 2, that were foreign movies, foreign language films that really affected us in a, a way that would not have worked if it were made by American movie makers. Like, I think that that is so incredible of a ta of a feat for that to all happen in one year. And they're all stories that feel universal. Yeah, now, they're universal, a... but there's something that couldn't that they couldn't go through the Hollywood machine. Yeah, exactly. Parasite would never happen in Hollywood. This movie would never happen in Hollywood. And and it's just my god, what a moment to be in, to be introduced to all of these talents because I was looking at the filmographies of both uh, Naomi and Adele, and they have been in so many French movies, so many. Mm. But now finally we're being exposed to the talent, and goddamn, Celine Sciamma. I, I, I really doing... need to go back through all of her filmography. Yeah. After seeing this movie, I'm like, because I know um, the first two movies that she made really have to do a lot more with, like, the youth experience yeah. and kind of growing up, uh, which I'm really curious to watch, like Tomboy and um, 
uh, Water Lilies and Girlhood because those are, it's kind of, I, she's described before that's like a trilogy of hers of like the youth experience. As and this is kind of a new chapter for her yeah. career. I, I do want to say we've been um, teasing this director draft episode for a little while now and it's, it's going to be coming very soon, but as soon as I saw this movie, I went into our document and added Silenciama <laughs> because this is expert level auteurism in a way that is not flashy, look at me, I'm such a great filmmaker. Yeah. It is so nuanced, so behind the scenes, but yet giving us this realized perfect Exactly. Vision. It's, it's kind of hard to relay. Uh, the, what I wrote down to try to get this point across is like this movie uh, a lot of people hearing about it would be turned off like to the idea of it because it's very French yeah uh, very cinematic and artful um, very period piece uh, and a love story and yet there's not an air of pretense at all to the story and it's I think it's just it's because of Siyama it's because she through all writing and all camera work through the entirety of the movie She's following so closely the emotional through line of these characters. Uh, and so there's no, it's not lifted off the ground when it's grounded in pure emotion. You know, you cannot, you can't get too flowery if, if you're really paying mind to where these characters are at. Uh, and with that said, it's one of the more beautiful movies I've seen, uh, kind of ever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is a little bit ever. <laughs> I did also want to. We've we're gonna continue to give love to uh, Naomi and Adele for their incredible performances. But the other two people of note in this cast are uh, Lu- Luana Barami. Bajarami. She's awesome. As a Sophie. Another another great character. Has a side arc in this movie that... Well written. Is like the most... It's underwritten in the best possible way. It's underwritten in a way that you don't need anything else to know exactly what is happening, exactly what this person is experiencing. I will say I and I, I could have needed a, a little bit more. A oh, tiny, and we'll see, get in spoilers, but... but the, I, I'm glad that we did, because then that way just taken away time from these two leads. So okay. that's why I think that that was the perfect amount. And uh, Valerie uh, Galeno, Galeno um, who is the only person who's ever really done American films, who you might know... From Rain Man yeah. and from Escape from L.A. Leaving uh, uh, Las Vegas, too. And leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, she's really the only person with any kind of experience. But these are really the four, really like the only four actors in the movie that do anything uh, that have more than like one very yeah. small point of dialogue. And this script, like, my God, it is so... Perfect, And it's one of those things where, I mean, it's the same thing with Parasite, same thing with Farewell, where you completely forget that you're reading subtitles because you are so entranced in this movie. And there's a lot of stretches that don't have that much dialogue. Yeah, and and the dialogue is never breathlessly quick. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's measured, but it's also not, like, way too spaced out, which that, that's, you know, a concern you may have hearing about a French art film. Yeah, Yeah. well, that's, I mean, that's what I meant about, like, the perfect marriage of writing and direction is, and another thing, um, I, 
I think that I shouted this movie out whenever we did the Lighthouse podcast, but um, I know they also mentioned it in a recent interview that she did, which I definitely saw the similarities to this, is Ingmar Bergen, Bergman's persona uh, shares a lot in common yeah. with this movie. If you haven't seen well, those it's about Bergmans. two women being like trapped and like this kind of uh, island getaway house together and kind of their connection that they have. It's a lot in common. Like the lighthouse and Portrait of a Lady on Fire is kind of the blending of the two. Well, the the Birdman shots are all over this. Thing, oh yeah, right? those close ups. The close-ups and the shots of the uh, forefront, the the fore of the uh, screen being one face, and then the back of the screen being the different yeah, face. Yeah, and one obscures the other. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys. Do we think um, that, you know, granted here, Siyama is this auteur person who probably has control over every single aspect of this movie... Do we think that she is conscious about the American audience, the, or at least the English language audience, and writes the movie with the intention of knowing that it has to be translated to another language? Not, I wouldn't say translation necessarily, but from what I've read, uh, this was definitely there were efforts uh, with her script to reach a wider audience. Yeah, I mean, she said, I, like you said, um, she said in, like, interviews, like, she knew that this was the best script that she had written up mm-hmm. to this point, and she wanted as many people to see it as possible. Yeah, so that's, why, think, that's why it ties I don't think she took yeah, that. I don't think she took that in, like, thinking about that while necessarily writing this movie. It might have been in the process of yeah. making it that all the things were coming together, and she knew I wanted to make this. I don't think that trying to make this hit American audiences was going through her mind as she was making yeah, it. Yeah, she seems like more of an auteur. I didn't, I didn't mean it to sound like, like her trying to make it big in Hollywood. I meant more like, um, granted the exposure that comes with English language film, that maybe there was an attempt on her part to make the writing so almost like poetic, you know, with how, how, perfectly walled off some of these dialogue sequences are like if if you go on imdb and you pull up the quotes page of this movie there are some gems yeah it's pretty pretty nuts over this thing it is so good and so like just perfectly uh articulated and perfectly summarized even as english yeah that's uh an interesting I think I would imagine that the bigger sign that she knew this would be for a wider audience would be the uh, the way things tie up like the way uh, we're, we're not left we're left with more explicitness at the end than I, I kind of thought going through the movie um, and that's not a negative necessarily there may, there's like one or two things that I felt didn't quite belong in a movie like this uh, toward the end but I don't. I don't know her role in translating. Well, That's I, an interesting question. Is like who you know? She played a part, but like who aided you know? Like with with putting it into English because it is very important how you word things when translating. Yeah, because I I think that that's another thing that made Parasite so good. It's just the experience of reading the subtitles was 
really captivating. It, it, and you just listed off a bunch of other movies with subtitles that, that were really resonant uh, in the past year. So it just kind of makes me think, like, from the, the filmmaker perspective, what thought is put into something like that to make it land as well as it does. I mean, we can't know for sure if the dialogue is different from anything else because none of us have seen any of the other Celine Siamas films. Um, I'm assuming that this is a little bit different just because this is more of a period piece than it seems like anything that she's done before. But, I mean, we'll get more into it in the spoilers part of it, but one of the main metaphors is uh, Greek myths and kind of the uh, Greek tragedy elements of everything. Orpheus and Eurydice. Which is... Um, it's kind of wild that in the last, like, two months I've had so many Orpheus and Eurydice yeah. things happen to me with seeing Hades down on Broadway and other things. But I think that part of the dialogue in the script itself is written in this manner that it almost comes across as Shakespearean. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is very intentional. Or it, even if not Shakespearean, at least, like, heightened and sort of theatrical. It's, yeah, it is theatrical. It's not... Realism. Yeah, this like, is this is a most, movie that's uh, interested with realism. This is her most like more traditional movie, and that's funny to say because it's so not traditional. But yeah. uh, her other movies are a lot more sparse than this, from uh, every account on the whole internet. I did want to shout out my favorite quote from uh, the the wide selection of really good quotes. In solitude, I felt mm. the liberty you spoke of, but I also felt your absence. <gasps> That's when I knew that this movie was going to get it's real... It's pretty early on in the movie, too. Real horny. <laughs> real horny, this one. I and mean, I, I knew it from... I've dreamt of that for years. Dying, running. Which is in the trailers. I will say, I don't know if you guys saw the trailers nope. before this movie. Uh, the trailers are bad. Um... I don't think the trailers make it look like a very different movie than is. The trailers almost make it look like a thriller. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, there are. It's like has more intense music and it shows the picture of the smeared painting, and you're like, what the fuck is there this? There are some quote unquote no the trailer is bad so i will say yeah. if you saw the thriller and you're like oh, I'm that. don't trust me. the trailers are not good let's share some some final thoughts so we can uh move on to the spoiler section but i i was just floored by this movie i i know it was hyped i know that among the cinephile community this thing was praises all around but this thing still fucking floored me and I was really really pleased with that and it, I felt like it built it, it, it built upon itself you know it started out kind of very slow and methodical and then it just has this momentum to it that very 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 slowly builds and builds and builds and it just ends on this grand crescendo of an incredible ending and I haven't stopped thinking about it since I literally have kept thinking about this movie since I saw it the other night, thinking about what it's trying to say about love, relationships, about life. About art. Art, yeah. yeah about, like, the female experience, womanhood. I think that it also has a lot to say about, like, 
what it must have been like to live in the yeah, the shit just like sucks. Well, and that, it reminded me a little, a lot of Little Women while watching it about like the women's role in yeah, society. Or just what you had to do to find a partner, a mm-hmm. mate, the lengths that you had yeah. to go yeah. through, or the lengths I, that your mom had to go through. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's so. Just my head is just swirling with all these thoughts and themes. And I will say it's a phenomenal film. I will say this movie is amazing on a rewatch. I think that it got even better for me on a rewatch because some of the themes that become more explicit as you reach the end, whenever you do a rewatch, you can see that the seeds were littered from like the very beginning. I also want to talk about like how ballsy the movie is that we aren't introduced to Adele Hanel until about like 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. That's incredible. And it is like this hype is building around her about there's like this woman she refuses to be painted by anyone you're yeah. introduced to the mother and they're like yeah good luck seeing her and then like they go out for a walk and she's just wearing this black cloak and you see her walking and eventually like the hoodie falls off and you see the blonde hair just bobbing in the as she walks through the wind it is so gorgeous it is like like we said before it's one of the most beautiful movies that I've seen in many years if not ever um, I cannot recommend this movie enough. I think that it's a great date movie, uh, also. So, like I said, very horny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean it slaps. Uh, if yeah, if you're <laughs> <laughs> that's what's the way to see. I'm gonna put down the bed. Yeah, it slaps. I mean on Letterbox, I mean <laughs> on Letterbox right now, there's no stars. It's fire emoji. Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah just for that movie. Yeah, yeah. If you just go to Portrait of a Lady on Fire on Letterbox, it's. Fire. It's kind of there are movies that like you know when rating a movie, it's rare that the objective and the subjective kind of meet, and th- I think this is one of those cases where I think objectively it's essentially a perfect film, and also subjectively, I think it's pretty perfect. Like there, we can we can pick nits, but I don't really want to. I want to just let this movie be what it is because oh, I'm ready to take this movie. Out. <laughs> It's it's fully realized. It's it's a tourist. It's beautiful. It's you know it's harkening back to the sixties. Uh, it's fucking it's awesome. Uh, and also, it she, you know she took steps to make it a little more accessible than her past films because you know this is a wider release, uh, and it did pay off. Like I think th- it's still not going to be for everybody, but the steps that she took particularly with the amount of payoffs at the end. Like, there are, like, six or seven payoffs at the end when I was expecting maybe one or two. Um, those do create a more... a movie that feels bigger, I guess. Like, it it, it doesn't necessarily make it better or worse, in my opinion, but it makes it bigger. Like, this movie, after it ended, it, like, it's one of those where you finally breathe. Like yeah, it it just it, the movie has weight. The last ten yeah. minutes, man, I did not yeah. fucking breathe. Is I'm now looking at this on Letterbox. Do we all give this five stars on Letterbox? Um, I did. So let's let's get into. I had it four and a half, and then I put it up to five after the rewatch. Uh, me, I had it four and a half at first, and I was like, "What the fuck am I?" Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's you said. It is like objective and subjectively kind of. A it's approaching movie. perfection. Like it, no, nothing is perfect. I have universe, I have but. one nitpick that's. I don't think it's enough to knock it down from a five star, but it is something I do want to talk about. So if you haven't seen it now. 
go check it out. It's rolling out slowly in theaters. It'll be out on digital soon. Uh, we got a chance to see it at our local um, NZN theater. Um, and yeah, like everyone's been saying, it's fucking perfect. It's amazing. One other thing I wanted to shout out is the, the cinematography. The look of it is just beautiful. It's fucking gorgeous. So see it, try to see it on a big screen just for that. And, you know, this yeah. is a really good companion movie to The Lighthouse. Yeah. You know? Horny, if you just want to spend wet. some time with two yeah. dudes, and then you just spend some time yeah. with two ladies. I'm, this is, I'm, like, dead serious. Yeah. Like, the difference between two homies, like, isolated on an yeah. island versus two chicks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. One's farty. The other one's just, like, very sensual. The other one's more arm-pity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's fine. So... Last chance, last shot to go watch it and come back. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Spoilers now. So what my one nitpick is the subplot of the abortion is a deviation from our main storyline. And I do appreciate it thematically because it does get into the, the, the notion of like motherhood and womanhood and like the the agency right like the the whole idea of this woman wanting to have control over herself and her own life and her own existence like i really appreciate them including this bit into the story of what an abortion could mean to somebody at this time or just in general as a woman and and you know the importance of being able to have that level of control over your body. I think that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. But my nitpick is like, I, this might be me just being a stupid man, but why Why is she pregnant? Who? Who? How? She fucks up. There's, well, there's dudes at that bonfire. So somebody just... Yeah. Uh, at the bonfire? There's that was all women. At the Around the fire? That was <laughs> all women. She was at... So we're just led to believe... Or she is also... She's just like a housemaid. Like, that was just... That just was got That was literally the time... No, exactly. That was, seven, that was yeah. 18th century. Anywhere. Not just France. That was just 18th century. It was just like... You, you see just a woman, you, like, you just rape them. That's like, it's fucking fuck, horrible. It's horrible. It is the most disgusting... Yeah, or even ever. she just, like, had a hookup with some dude, and he one, obviously would never one of those again. One of those boat guys. Yeah, just, it's like... Just a boat guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, boat guy. any dude well, is this, just like, yeah, you, this and happened, then that's how it worked. This you know? happened a few months ago, like, we're led to believe, because, I mean, one, she said that she missed It was three months, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Like, so there, there's that whole thing. Um, so, I... We got... Well, I don't even know if it is the scene of the movie. The iconic scene of the movie, the, the bonfire. Yeah. That is just... Well, here's... My God. Here's what I love about this scene that makes it so perfect. This movie doesn't have music. It doesn't no, have a score. It's a and, and, movie. And music fits into the story and the themes and everything, which is a whole nother level of genius. But yeah. the moment when those women start singing a cappella... Yeah, I think... Uh, Demi on Letterboxd called it the THX theme. <laughs> it's, it's just perfection. It's pretty nuts, man. It's like, it's really awesome. And it, it is earned because you've been waiting for upwards of an hour. Well, the only other thing before that music. is whenever uh, um, 
um, wherever they she tries to play the uh, the tune on the piano, yeah. uh, Marianne, and she can't like quite remember what. That's it the is. one time you hear any sort of music, and it it's just that whole scene and the the entire abortion subplot uh, brings in I think really critical shit to the movie. Like I I think I couldn't cut any of that um, because first of all it adds uh, plotting like in a movie that's very sparse on plotting, but also it. It, it it drives home the point that this is not just about uh, like like romantic love between women. It's about love between women. It's about how women historically and still uh, need each other for support. Like they, it's it could have played as corny when they yeah. when they all start clapping and singing. Right. Uh, there's but one cathartic. There's one actress in that scene who's playing it corny, and I really didn't like her. Um, so you know. Burn notice. <laughs> like, watch out, bitch. Burn notice to you, random extra in a French she film. Was, she was just, she was playing it, like, for the back row. And I yeah. was like, alright, this is Portrait of Lady on Friday. Yeah, you can calm down. This is high art. Like, but the, that theme is driven home so far in that. And then with all of the, uh, yeah, this is what you had to do to get an abortion back right. then. Like, you literally just, like. Fucking witchcraft. Hung, no. hung from rafters. <laughs> yeah, like, until hung you from rafters. Out. And then just, like. Go and another one of my favorite shots in the movie is whenever it just shows the field and they just like poke their heads up one at a time. Yes, like, oh, that's incredible. That's a cat's like terrific like, it's shot. So good. The one she's doing I, wind sprints between them so, and like one is pushing her and then the other. Yeah, and like, Dell's just like sitting, yeah, not touching there, her, like, not doing anything. No, um, that's humor too. One of so that is my favorite segment of the movie, and also right before we get to the fire sequence, we have them reading the tale of. Orpheus and Eurydice. Yeah. Um, which, that's what I mean about re-watching this movie, about choosing the lover's path versus choosing the poet's path, which is a way... We are all familiar with the tale of Orpheus and Eurydice. Like, it's a, a classical Greek tale of tragedy. And the twist that this movie puts upon it is something that I never really, like, thought about before in any kind of an intense way. And now going back and rewatching the movie, you can see the seeds. Of course, there's all the moments where you see like the ghostly looking Adele Hanel yeah. who's lit up, eventually wearing the dress that she will see her in the last time that she sees her when they can notice each other. Um, but all of these little moments of do you turn around or do you like tr to try to like remember that moment or do you try to take it with you and not let this love come to fruition because it's only going to yeah, hurt you? Yeah, because with, with I think more than a half hour left, uh, they both acknowledge the fact that they cannot stay together. Um, and even though, you know, there's still pushback past that point, yeah, it becomes a question of like, like, how do we move on? How do we remember this? How do we choose to remember this? And it takes, it, the movie takes its time exploring that notion, you know, and when, when she draws in her book and they, they kind of like capture this memory of this moment, which is something that we take for granted now with social media and the internet and digital photography and all these things. Like in this day and age, they... If they didn't take the time to do that, it would just be lost to their memory, well, which would probably be lost to just the universe. No, yeah, you I, mean, I mean, you went insane when you were like 40 back then. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> another thing. I wanted to find the exact line on IMDb, but I didn't see it on there about uh, Adele Hanel at one point 
um, she says something along the lines of just like, because uh, Marianne is drawing a little picture of her. She says, like, you'll, you will, like, eventually, like, this will be all that you have of me, and then whatever you think of me, you will see this, not myself. Like, because that's how it works. You don't just have, like, a picture exactly. to see the person as they were. Uh, the best you can do is a well-done painting of them. Yeah, there are, I mean... Otherwise, they are just lost forever. There are all those studies about how we're constantly editing our memories every time we reassess them. Yeah. Imagine if we didn't have, like, a perfect replication of your life. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, so that's that's beautiful. That entire... Yeah, I really... I was a huge fan of the entire abortion also, supply, which culminates in... Uh, fucking Merlot doing like a quick little Renaissance painting that's like the best painting of all time. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, no, exactly. It's just like, man, I want this in my house right now. This is the most beautiful thing ever. If I were to have a nitpick in this movie, and luckily it's for about five minutes, which I can't tell if that helps or hurts it. It's whenever they have the one little tiff that they have, and they kind of uh, uh, Delha Del kind of storms off. And then she gets the news that her mother will be back tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. that one little bit of friction. And maybe it's just because I was having such a great time that I didn't want anything bad to happen to these people until the very end. Right. So we had that one little bit. Look, and you like, know I mean, you know, it's a movie. You know there's going to be conflict. There it's had like, to be oh, some man. conflict in there. But it was more of just a thing where I was like, I, yeah. we, the central conflict could have just been that it's eventually going to end. Well, also, the central conflict in a very traditional movie would be that uh, at the end of the movie, she finds out that she's actually a painter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, like she's all that. It's love under false pretense, and at the end, it all unravels, but then they end up together. That's what I'm talking about, where Siyama included a lot of traditional elements, but she just elevated each and every one of them in her own way. Because... That uh, reveal happens maybe a third into the movie, or closer to a half, where she finds out that she is a painter. And there's a yeah, little friction brilliant. about it, but honestly, not much. I like, mean, that leads to also one of my favorite lines in the movie. It is pretty early. I think that is, you're right. That is about at the end of the first act, Mark, going into the second act, um, where Marianne sees the painting that she's done of her, and it, it looks like a painting without a soul. Like, it's not yeah. necessarily a bad painting, but it doesn't capture her essence in yeah. the correct way. And it leads to the line, I didn't know you were an art critic after Eloise says all these bad things, and Eloise says, I didn't know you were a painter. Yeah, fucking <laughs> owned. Great, great little, like, back-and-forth dialogue. Yeah, absolute there. fucking own. Uh, the, um, yeah, no, that, that all is fucking incredible. Um, I keep going back and forth in my mind about the all of the payoffs at the end, and if we needed each and every one of them. Um, so I I really love, especially, the last one is one of my favorite shows. The, well, last one, I, you cannot cut. That's uh, the, you know, that's like instant iconic status scene. Uh, I think that that is also the, that is the scene in which I became, I like, I loved Adele Hanel's performance even more then yeah uh the Johnny. the only the only thing that still kind of irks me just a tad bit is we we already had all of the orpheus setup payoff stuff we already had uh when they're you know when they're uh reading it in at in the candlelight and they're like discussing the meaning of him looking at if he should have or shouldn't have you know they already do that whole discussion and you're like wow i wonder if this is going to come back and then it you know it does in an incredibly shot and edited way where she's like look and then she just looks and like slams the door when she leaves. That's incredible. It's the ghost of. <laughs> yeah. The, if I were to cut one, I think it would be 
the painting, but not just the painting, because that scene is really awesome when she sees the painting of her. It's the page number, because the page number reveals the same thing that the end reveals. The page number is like, not only uh, am I thinking about her, but she's thinking about me. What it could have been, it could have been a really emotional moment on uh, Naomi's part, where she is like, oh my God, look at her. Like she has a new life. She's not thinking of me. And then we go to the end and we get the flip side of it where she sees actually no, she's still like torn up inside. Or it could have even been like, if you, I feel like it almost even would have worked better without the page number. If you had just seen the book and there had been writing on it, like the well, tragedy of I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta be honest with you. I didn't even notice the page number. It just registered in my head that it must have been that number because it was set up in the previous scene. But when I was looking at that shot of the painting itself, all that I was looking at was the way her hands were holding the book. Yeah, the hands. And the yeah. humor of that resembling a vagina. And, like, <laughs> that is you just... Was, you were thinking about pussy. <laughs> I was thinking about pussy. It was after... It, I mean, it was shortly after we had the painting. I will say, the most artful, like staging setup of that one of her painting of her drawing herself in which there's the oh blanket covering the boobs and then the blanket over where the vagina uh, the mirror the, the mirror. Where the vagina is is like the most french shit that i've ever <laughs> seen in my life and i was eating that shit up well that's I could not get enough that's of that. the the central success of the movie is that the frenchness doesn't overload it in the slightest when it <laughs> definitely should <laughs> and you know this is something that is like painfully obvious but the idea of seeing yourself in the person that you love yeah. is just like communicated very very blatantly in that shot yeah but that's what this movie is it's like two people who are drawn together there is this magnetic quality to the film and the performances and even just the the experience of watching it it's something that you can't really take your eyes away from it and mm -hmm. that's kind of the the whole notion of how this movie uh, decides to present love and and the idea that we're witnessing something that is held to be at this really special place in culture and just in the human experience. You know, the, the, the fact that you could develop this really close relationship with another person and feel the electricity in that bond. That's what makes this movie so special. It's not just a French film. It's not no. just a well-made movie. It's not just a romance. It is this very, like, deep human thing that we feel that is just, like, the, the deepest type of connection you can have to another person. And, I mean, that's what I was trying to allude to it without getting into spoilers beforehand, but about the way that this movie flips the painter subject uh, on itself in this movie. I think that that's what makes it work so well is that whenever we first meet Marianne, she is not a person who she has never been vulnerable. And you can tell that she's just like, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to marry. Like she is almost playing the Joe role in <laughs> little women where she's just like, I am like, I'm strong. I'm just like built this tough exterior. Like I don't need a man in my life or any person to financially support me because I can take care of myself. And she finally found this lover, and specifically this kind of forbidden love, this forbidden fruit 
that she knows that she can never have. And she finally let her guard down just a little bit to the point where this person is able to pinpoint all the things about her that Marianne has been doing with all of her subjects forever. Yeah. And every time that she's ever done a painting of someone. Yeah. yeah the, I mean, the one thing that uh, Celine did leave a little meat on the bone in a good way is that the meta commentary aspect of it, uh, because she, she leaves you all the breadcrumbs, but you still have to like follow the trail of, uh, in the movie, it's literally you need uh, art to remember someone. Like, you need a painting uh, as form of reverie. Uh, and in a way, she's saying, that's why this movie is working on you. Like, you need art to reflect <laughs> upon your own experiences. It doesn't have to be literally a painting of your ex. You need art that, like, produces that feeling in you of that doomed love that you had. And that's why it's this film is so powerful. I'm Celine Siyama. I'm fucking awesome. It's it's a little bit more layered than that because of the homosexuality aspect. Because, oh, of course. Because it's not just a a love that never was. It's a love that wasn't permitted to be in yeah. society. Well, and one one move that's brilliant that plays into that is that there is less pushback than there usually is in movies like this because. They both kind of know that they... It's just not even on the table. Exactly. They stated, it's, it's not an option. Yeah, well, I mean... But also, I think that another thing that works for it is... One, it is France, and the French... I mean, in the 18th century is different. I mean, they were still more closed off to homosexuality. But French are more open. But, like, think about Sophie. Like, the character... She knows what's going on. <laughs> she was in the room while they're just sleeping together. She knows exactly what's happening. But... She isn't either, she isn't opposed to it, but she also isn't embracing the idea either. Like, everyone, not just the two of them, everyone around them know that this is just kind of a fling thing and it can never go anywhere. Yeah, them. even the moment at the end when the mom is telling her daughter I feel like that the mom we need to go. The mom knows. Yeah, yeah. She, she even knows yeah. what's going on. When, when she's she, leaving, there's a line that indicates that she knows exactly what's happening. She's like, she's like, uh... Basically, why? Like, why are you going to pose now? Yeah, and, and the, then the like, why is really like, why do you, you know? Yeah, why do you like her? Why do you want to have these five why days? Why are you with doing her? this? And she's like, what? What does it matter to you? Basically, she's like, listen, just give me the well, five days. Well, I mean, days. they even yeah. she knows because she says like, oh, she Eloise, like she likes you. Uh, she talks about you and stuff, which mm. is something that she's never done before with any with the last painter uh, that came. Yeah, out. but I, I think just so there's so much more to be said that we could ever say on one podcast about the performances of these two women like it's it's an it's one thing to talk about how what our reaction to the movie is and it's another thing to just see it for yourself yeah and see what these actresses are capable of doing because frankly like i've never seen anything like it and no. it ranges from from this like really uh I guess almost insignificant buddy companionship thing to this really deep, deep, intense love. Yeah. That just intertwines with itself. You know, it's it's the movie builds upon itself and it grows and it evolves, but it's also just this really consistent through line of of two people learning to be with each other in, in such a passive yeah. way. And they just fit. Well, and to imagine seeing this, 
like this can't even strike us in the same way that it strikes members of the LGBTQ community. You know, yeah. like it, it, the the power with which we are feeling it, it yeah. can't even compare. And we have to talk about the extreme uh, similarity between the ending of this and the ending of Call Me by Your Name. I mean, that's like these right two. There. These two movies fit hand in hand with each other because they're just what you described about them being um, really meaningful and. and I think a lot of the movies that have come to define sort of the 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 LGBT approach to, to storytelling, they tend to be really tragic and over the yeah. top. And to see a movie like this and a movie like Call Me By Your Name approach it in a way that is just much more grounded and matter of fact, but still is more impactful. And well, and the choice to end on a long oneer of crying—that right. that is that is the obvious. Yeah. Well, that is the. Uh, that is saying to the audience, this is Work. how it ends for us. Yeah. Like, this is, this is our story. Like, even if they don't, they're not like going melodrama throughout, yeah. they're, they're ending on that note very purposefully. So I, but I do, you just said melodrama that made me think about coming by your name. One thing that I, it's not even knocking it's coming by your name, but one thing that I do think works for me in this movie as opposed to coming by your name, which I still like a lot. I'm not as high on coming don't. by your name. I <laughs> Every movie filmed in the French or and what? Where was this filmed? I said the French countryside. Um, I, I lumped that in with uh, Italy. No, no movie shouldn't look good. But I, <laughs> no, but I do think that there is, and it's it's not even a knock against it because I think that's part of the point of Call Me by Your Name is that it does have a sense of teenage melodrama to it, where it has a sense of first love. Yeah. Where this has more of a sense of tragedy because this is more of a sense of last love. It's this is like the yeah. true love. It's a that sense. Away. Yeah, we're coming by your name. It's like I Timothy Chalamet. He's gonna be fine. Like yeah. he's like a seventeen-year-old boy, and he's got this creepy army hammer dude <laughs> creeping on him now. I also don't support porn, uh, 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 pedophilia in my films, so I'm not a fan of coming by your name. It's a phoebophilia. Um, army <laughs> hammer. He does let his son suck on his toes. <laughs> have you seen that? Yes, but. I have. That's fine. And you it's have a problem with Tom Brady kissing his children they don't, and loving them. They don't have sex and call me by your name. They, I mean, he fucks that. There's shorts, there's shorts hanging on the in the bathroom, but... Eat, eat a low cum, that's all. Yeah, that's fine. In this you movie, they get it on. Wait, what's the name of the director of Call Me By Your Name? Luca Guadagnino. Luca Guadagnino, like, brave up. I want to see Schlong hanging, Okay. Do we think Chalamet has? A I do have. Penis? I have a question. That is a good question. That's I, a really. Good I feel question. like he has like he's like an eight or nine inch, but it's really skinny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think it, yeah, it's like you know, Army it was like hanging out of his. Boy. He was wearing those short shorts on set. His dick's like hanging down to his knee, but it's like really, it's like a balloon. Like, We're talking about a just, feminist film um, here. <laughs> I Ernest, I do have a question specifically for you. Is this? the hottest cave scene since Game of Thrones season five. You know, I immediately <laughs> thought of that. Like, as soon as I saw it in the movie theater, I was like, wait, because they started to move towards a cave, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, I'm getting Game of Thrones we're flashbacks. Getting, we're getting dragon cave drawings right now. Um, so this is just... Yeah, I don't want to kiss me down there. <laughs> this is immensely more effective than that, because that's... This movie is full of perfect shots. Like, I feel like every shot is a perfect shot. But that shot of Marianne walking around the corner and seeing... And they seeing, both have on, like, their, their shawls, like, covering their faces. Yeah, and seeing Eloise in the, the, the 
fabric of this this rock face. I, I, I just want to take this moment uh, to appreciate the way these two women are depicted against the backdrops of this movie, right? So we have uh, reds and greens mm -hmm. mostly in their attire. Mm -hmm. And we have blues and browns and Beiges. blacks yeah. in the background. The ocean, the rocks, the, the dark shadows the of the inside. Maybe. That, having that decision of a conscious, even the the light blue hue of the walls of that room where she's making the painting, the decision of having the, the costume so starkly juxtapose and contrast the color of the backdrops is fucking genius. It's so perfect because it makes every shot look like a painting. Once again, up. once again, very much Bergman affectation. Okay. Less so with the colors, but uh, I mean, because he was mostly working in grayscale yeah. uh, back then, but the use of the foreground the and background. Yeah. And background. Um, but that, that shot by the rocks, like that's such a perfect shot. And it's this moment of intimacy that we've been waiting for, for this whole movie, for them to finally get that first it, kiss and it lands beautifully i also i don't know how they found the shooting location of this but like it is like it's immediately especially i mean where she does the painting that uh and the first flash forward that we see of the uh orpheus eurydice as they're disappearing and yeah. the uh critic kind of remarks like that's unique like i've never seen anything like that of seeing while that happens it's usually the before or after um but that rock formation is like burned in my head forever because yeah. it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And speaking of, of the paintings that she makes, the opening scene where we see the titular portrait of the lady on fire mm. is notably very, very, very different than the actual portrait that she paints mm -hmm. of Eloise because the portrait that we see is a close-up on her. She's wearing a green dress. And the painting in the opening scene is her... Um, basically at the campfire with her dress on fire. But not quite. Not exactly. That painting in the opening scene is more so... Obviously, we do have Eloise with her dress on fire, but it's more so set by the cliff sides with the big moon in the background, mm. kind of ocean-y in the background, mm. kind of on the cliffs, kind of with the tall grass that we see by the cliffs. And that without even knowing what was going to happen in the movie, I had that image burned in my head of what that original portrait was going to look like. And it made me think about how this, this theme that we keep bringing up about memory and mm -hmm. capturing that and solidifying that in a, in a, some sort of record of yeah. it. That painting is not an actual portrait it's her memory of her experience yeah, it's not at the being with her yeah it's the whole not time. it's not that moment it's the whole thing exactly yeah it's her it's, thinking back years later once it's it's starting to fizzle and dilute in her brain it's her trying to encapsulate the entire feeling of the whole thing of meeting this lady and falling in love with her and really being completely drawn and enamored by her in one painting. So, and to that point, I think another reason why I like the two flash forwards is because I think that it provides closure for both of them. Where um, 
the first flash forward, I mean, we have that painting in the very beginning, which is kind of the first, I mean, you see it in the first two minutes of the movie, but that is already kind of the first climax of the movie. And we have the next flash forward, which shows the Orpheus and Eurydice, and also the future painting of Eloise. Um, and that kind of captures her memory of, uh, Elo uh, Marianne's memory of Eloise. But I think that the same job is done by, um, whenever they actually go to the orchestra and they hear concerto number two. Oh I think that God. that, I think that, I think that that sums up, that song sums up everything that Eloise remembers about Marianne because it's a storm. Yeah. But it's beautiful, and it's tragic, and it's all of these emotions in this one concerto. And I think that that is why we can just hold on her and see every range of emotion go through and her face. Going, and yeah. it keeps going for like a full four minutes or so. Unreal. And it's just, it just slowly zooms in on her face, which, I mean, of course, shout out to Adele Hanel for that incredible acting there, but... I also think that that is so important for doing the same job that the painting does for Marianne, that song does for her. Could you imagine hearing music for the first time? Yeah. Could you imagine like, what that must have like, been I like, like going to church because I get to hear music. Yeah. Because otherwise but, you just don't hear But even, music. even in, that, in that scene, she points out like, oh, uh, a single organ is not the same as an entire orchestra. Yeah. Like they you have that exchange. Like, can you imagine what that must do to your brain? Like that intense, visceral crying reaction, I feel like is equally about remembering her love as it is just the overwhelming nature of, it, of what it must have been like in that time to hear that for the first time. I mean, granted, you could say that maybe she cries that way every time she hears that song. Uh, but the way the actress performs it, it made me think that that was the first time she was hearing anything like that in her life. Mm. I, I, I felt like that was landing It was the first time that she heard that, and then well. she realized what the song was. Well, it just, it just reminded and, her of it. Yeah. I saw it as she had... Uh, like she had become like a fan of the orchestra be and partially because of her conversations that they had. Uh, and, but she had never heard that song yeah. until then. Like that, Aside that, from the little snippet. Yeah, but of course it. it's all just up for interpretation. Yeah. Like none of it's explained other than like we saw, I saw her years later, she didn't see me. And oh, I you know, obviously that's sad. the right choice is that she didn't like afterward be like, hey, <laughs> oh my God, God. you want to see my kid? <laughs> I saw you were crying really hard. <laughs> Um, yeah, no. So, so, so many uh, correct choices in this movie. Yeah. It's un. It's mind-boggling. Like, this is a masterpiece. I wish that this... I I mean, I'm glad that I saw this so that we didn't have to wait another nine months to see this movie, but I really do wish that... I, I know it probably... If Neon would have tried to push both these movies, I don't think Parasite would have won Best Picture. They should have dropped Personally, it this year. This is the I type of movie that, gets, that would get back. a big bump from awards. Yeah. Like, it would get a, like, a lot of more. But it was just so too crowded. Maybe, the season was way too crowded for this. I mean, think about... Especially in the foreign film uh, area, like... Movies like Parasite, movies don't always translate big with American audiences like Parasite did. Like, Shoplifters was an incredible movie last year. Like, we've had, I mean, Burning didn't even get nominated last year, and Burning was one of my favorite movies of 2018. Yeah. I think that movie's a masterpiece. But, like, movies that critics 
And even a lot of people who see it, love it, they don't always translate. So I understand just wanting to get it out there and just have, like, word of mouth thing. And also, people are going to be talking about this movie, especially they're doing the right thing with the slow rollout here. Because yeah. word of mouth has just something keeps figured building. Out. Yeah. Neon is coming in and starting to kind of take A24's yeah. lunch. What's here. happening right now with Portrait is what happened with Parasite back in, like, October. This is uh, yeah, like, or like July, because that's when it started yeah. doing uh, festivals and stuff. Yeah. This is two ten out of tens. Yeah, uh, in a year. Yeah. Like that, I mean, it's in a few months. Yeah, like, when does that happen? It's unreal. <laughs> that's fine. I, I do have I do have a couple other points I wanted to bring did you up. See, well, Disney did put out Dumbo, and then they put out Aladdin and Lion King. Oh God! Uh, I'm gonna puke. Oh God! Damn! What are they gonna do without Iger? You know. <laughs> I was a visionary. Hey, and we didn't talk about that in the news, but that is one of the biggest news things ever. Well, I'll I don't out. care about that. Iger might be the greatest producer in the history of Hollywood. Okay, I have, I have two more big points <laughs> I want to bring up. Yeah. The editing. The Not, editing yeah. in this movie awesome. is phenomenal. And there are a couple moments that really showcase its perfection. So, um, Siyama has said in some interviews that she appreciates the long take, right? That she ap appreciates just setting the camera back, maybe using a little bit of a dolly track or, or a, a tripod and letting the actors act without cutting. And obviously there's a lot of that in this movie and it's amazing, but there are some cuts that fucking floored me. There's some hard cuts. There are two hard cuts. There are two cuts in particular that I want to talk about, and they both relate to Eloise herself and and this actress um, Adele uh, Hanel. Adele Dazim. Yeah. So the first moment, I don't remember which one uh, comes first. I think this is the first moment that we see, is when we get the first look at the first portrait, and we cut from a close up of. Um, Eloise to a close-up of the first iteration of the portrait. And immediately, I was like, uh, <laughs> that's not right. Yeah. That doesn't look quite right. It's definitely know. like the art direction of it was like, it's, it's it looks good, but it's yeah, not the one. And it's just yeah. perfect. It's genius to have that reaction of that cut because you're immediately put in the situation of the, of the women where they're just like, no, that's not right. Well, that's what I was saying before, is that it is that first painting is it's not a bad painting, but it's a painting without a soul. Yeah. It has no... Yeah, because she hasn't, she hasn't gotten to know her yet. Exactly. So what's, what's the second one? The second one is when she... When, when Marianne is, is sitting on the edge of the bed looking at a sleeping Eloise um, and starts to sketch her sleeping by the fire. And... Uh, Another thing that, that uh, Siyama has talked about a lot is her adherence to like not want to use the visual language of the reverse shot reaction, yeah. the shot reverse shot, where you just cut between two people, that that's why she wants to stay locked into a long take, usually. But with this whole point of the subject and the painter, you have to embrace the shot reverse shot and this movie is, is full of her playing around in this space that she claims she isn't comfortable in. Mm -hmm. And we get this cut of shot of her painting her uh, sleeping, cut to her sleeping, cut to back to her painting, cut to her sleeping, cut back 
her wide open, staring her down. God damn, that's so good to get that moment of like, whoops, caught in the act, and then immediately slip into like, all right, you can date me. Bay caught, I'm good. Bay caught me keep yeah. catching her I'll, sleeping. I'll unbutton a little bit right now just yeah. for you. Um, My last uh, note is watching a medium close-up of a canvas and a good painter painting is very pleasing. Yeah. It yeah. just viscerally, like, it just feels nice, you know? Mm. That's it. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I mean... Follow I me on Letterboxd, bye. I will <laughs> say, uh, Mary, like... I don't know how much of a painter uh, Naomi actually is in person, but good job with the sketching uh, of actually doing her part to sketch the vague outlines of things and filling stuff in. Yeah. That's great. Um, to return, uh, one last thing to my to my point at the beginning about, or at the beginning of the spoiler section about the, um, the abortion subplot. After really thinking about it in this discussion, I do think that there is, like, a larger point to be made about what this movie is saying about men and, like, the role that we have in women's lives. Yeah. And I think that, like, that's really why the whole abortion subplot is carried out in the way that it is, with the, with the male force being so detached because it is this symbol of chaos. Yeah, men are the, in and the invisible hand of the whole movie, because yeah. it's also the invisible hand of the romance. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it does go hand in hand it, with It that. adds so much. Also, Sophie, that actress, I loved her performance. Yeah. yeah. Really, really, like, obviously you got to talk about the two leads, but my God. And I do, I do think that that is one of the bigger sort of macro points that the movie's trying to make about, about men just coming in and just fucking shit up, really making it difficult yeah. for women. And, and without thinking twice about it. Exactly. And being yeah. so yeah. destructive. So destructive that, like, now she has to think about a life growing inside of her and how to, to deal yeah, with this that. This dude isn't around in the movie. Yeah. Like, he was just gonna have sex and then bail. Like, people exactly. don't even know to, like, pull out then. And, and he was like, I'll go pray about it. And the suitor. And hopefully I wanted a kid. <laughs> and, <laughs> and in exactly the same way, yeah, the, the suitor. Yeah, the suitor's just this dude in Milan. We never just like, him. yeah. It's like, hey. Show me a painting so I can, like, and, check and her there out there's so much pain. So much pain. Yeah, it's like, it's literally like Tinder. That's what this is. <laughs> this movie is Tinder. <laughs> just see a painting and swipe the right swipe, on it. Oh, no, swipe left. It, yes, it was, yeah. Tinder was originally back then, and also it was worse because it, if you swipe right, you got married. <laughs> Immediately. Forever. Yeah. So, uh, checkmate. Uh, All right. Passed. Checkmate well, the past. Well, millennials got you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our show. Please recommend it to wherever you can. Leave us a message on anchor.fm slash we bought a mic we'll read it on the show or no we'll play it on the show because it'll be a voicemail because you'll leave it using your phone um, it, well you know it, you gotta have a good voice you gotta have a voice for yeah. radio if you have a bad voice we just won't play you yeah. um, follow we'll us all on Letterboxd and Twitter follow the show at we bought a mic on Twitter and we bought a mic at gmail.com keep it French keep it horny Keep it on you fire. You are hammering the horny part about this movie. It's a lot. horny movie. <laughs> you saw it twice. Come on. That's weird because I didn't feel horny for a second. You know what? I felt respect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got out of that movie and I immediately decided to start donating my to Amy Klobuchar. Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
Bye. <laughs> Guy who gets art. <laughs> <laughs> the art understander.